Welcome to Inquire, the Investor Relations Podcast. In today's interview, guest host Mav Wynn is joined by Artie Single, Managing Director of Barclays. Artie has been working in city-facing roles for over 20 years, based in London and recently also in Paris. She studied business at the London Business School. Much of her career has been in finance, leading investor relations, which included National Grid in London and Engie in Paris. Currently, she is managing director and part of the broking team at Barclays. Artie, thank you so much for joining us today on Inquire, and I'm really looking forward to this, this conversation. We are really looking forward to hearing more about your IR journey, your IR career, and your previous roles include IR director for NG and for National Grid, and you have a communications background. So tell us a little bit more about how that, that happened. How did you stumble into or specifically choose IR? How did it come about? For me, IR happened as I was doing a role in financial communications. We were in a small company and I sat right next to the investor relations team. So I had a very live firsthand experience of what the IR team was doing. And that's something that really excited me. And that's what triggered the interest. And because it was a small company and we were always really focused on having a consistent story whether it was internal communications, financial press, or investors, I had a very nice opportunity to grow from that financial communication role into investor relations. And so that's sort of how I got to my first IR role. Fantastic. And it's interesting to me how often that move happens where somebody sits in finance and feels the numbers come a little bit more alive once they see this IR function, right, where we can really tell the story and apply that financial knowledge and and speak in the same language as investors and analysts do. I I think that's always a nice transition for, for anybody. What were the particular things as you were sitting next to the IR team? What was it that you thought, actually, I want to do a little bit more of that, and I think I could be good at this, and and then what was it that you ended up really enjoying in your in your IR roles? I think it's the live nature of investor relations. It's you have a long-term goal, you have quarterly results, you have medium-term targets, but then you have a dynamic day every single day. It's a day that you cannot predict. It's a day that's full of change and variety, complexity, multiple stakeholders. And so I think it was a dynamism of the function and the combination of having a long-term journey that you're going on, but full of very interesting and, to be honest, what looked like real fun days in achieving that longer-term goal. And I'm talking like now 23 years ago. And the specific company that I worked for Absolutely fascinating experience. To put it into context, it went from a market cap of a billion to over twenty billion. Oh wow! I mean, that's that's just a journey that you know you can only say, and it's never a linear journey. It's always one step forward, two steps back, and there's always things happening. But through that period of time, in that role with that business, the team, the management, all of us 
I think we must have done pretty much every type of transaction there is to do under the sun from the convertible bond to the high yield bond through to new dividend policy, an acquisition, a delisting, a relisting, a reverse takeover. So, you know, I think the richness of the experience comes from going through different kinds of roller coasters, whether the roller coasters are driven by some macroeconomic environment or some big change in in the industry that you're working in, where there's a big technological shift happening. So I got into the swing of things very early. And I think what was fortunate for the team that I was in is that this was a company that wanted to go places and was you know, doing a lot of different transactions. I have yet to hear an investor relations person say two days were exactly the same. And I think that is certainly the the characteristic or the quality in IR people that is the same, that is consistent, is that we enjoy, as you say, the roller coaster ride of all these different experiences. We know that that's the direction we're going, but no two days are ever the same. And that that keeps us interested. I almost think a little bit addicted to the role. I but yeah, I think there's an adrenaline about it for sure. I haven't, you know, we'll talk about it. I have tried other roles as well. But I think when you're doing a market facing role, and if you think about it, we are in a sort of what's called a VUCA world, you know, and so you do need to have the skills and the ability to deal with all these, the volatility, change, complexity, etc. But you also have to have a desire to you know, want to be dealing with frontline issues. Um, And I think that's what makes it exciting. So looking back or thinking back over the investor relations roles that you you had, is there one moment that really stands out for you that was extremely challenging? One of those situations we go, how are we going to deal with this? (laughs) Um, And then... It might be the same situation, but something that you're particularly proud of that you think, wow, like this was a first time or nobody thought we could do this and we did it. Yeah. Those moments that stick out in your mind. Yeah. I mean, I think I wish I could say that there is like one really big challenge and one really big wow moment. It's, you know, real life is is never like that. I think investor relations is to me, it's really about creating that currency of trust, that currency of credibility. That does not happen with one event. (laughs) That happens with delivering consistently quarter on quarter on quarter. So it takes time. And if you've been in a situation where things have been rough and you need to reestablish credibility, there will be a collection of wow moments along the way. And no one moment is going to change completely changed the perception. So I think it's it's about consistency and building that trust currency through multiple different things that you will do. So for example, if you really believe as a business and your board really believes in a certain geography or a certain investment area, then you need to put everything that's that you can possibly put to create the trust and the credibility around it. And of course, you know, you will get the marks when you deliver. We can all tell as many nice stories as we want. The score comes when you execute, when you, you know, when you demonstrate results from the story that you've been selling. So there have been uh, definitely a lot of challenges and a lot of 
nice opportunities and feeling of success and, and, and victory. You know, I think in the challenging moments, having good advisors is absolutely critical because you you'll know from your own experience, Mav, that investor relations is a function that is accountable on both sides. You're accountable towards the company that is that you're representing, but you're also accountable towards the analysts and the investors. And you're really sitting right at the heart of that flow of sentiment, that flow of information. And oftentimes in this, you will have situations where where there are complex situations. And I think you'd use your own, uh, the judgment of your team, your colleagues, your management. But this is where having really good trusted advisors can be massively helpful because A, they are outside of that situation. Plus, they have huge amounts of experience from multiple sectors. So they can really be your partner in solving through complex situations. And, you know, I'd say don't be afraid of complexity. You know, it's part of the game. No, I, I agree with you. And and I, I reflect back over the years in my in-house IR roles and, and listening to what you said about listing, delisting, fundraising, debt issuance. You know, these are not straightforward situations always. The advisors are the experts in that. And then what I really enjoyed was that coming together of, all right, here's a really complex situation, but we need to be able to communicate it in a way that's digestible and understandable so that we can get the result that we believe is is the right result. And I, and for me, yeah. I agree with you. It's that coming together of the, the advisors and the in-house team and producing the solution. Because inevitably, yeah. Although the instrument is the instrument, the way that we apply that, the way that we sell it is going to be yeah. different in, in every situation. Certainly, I... Also, you need the sanity check every now and again, because sometimes you can have what's called deal fever and you, you're sort of so sold on what you're trying to do. You do need that sanity check of, you know, let's just step back and is this what you're telling me? And I think uh, that's where uh, a partnership arrangement works very well. After your in-house roles that you had, you moved into corporate broking at Barclays. I'm curious, what is the same? What are the similarities between what you did in in-house IR and what you do now at Barclays? Having been on the corporate side and led investor relations for four listed entities, I think, first of all, the experience of equity market facing roles is very relevant to when you transition into a bank. You know, when you're doing investor relations, it's a small function relatively. You know, when you're sat at the finance leadership team, you're probably the team with the smallest number of people, but it's strategic and it's very, very influential as a team. And you have to be extremely well connected within the business. Because I think for investor relations to be able to do a good job, you really need to get under the skin of the game. You need to know the business extremely well. You need to know the assets very well. You need to know the people very well. And so that requires a huge self-starter, high energy skill of establishing that depth of knowledge and understanding. And in my case, for example, I spent so much time in the on the energy transition, for example, which is a theme that is not limited to the energy sector. You know, decarbonization is everywhere. And so 
there are certain things that are very transferable from an investor relations role into a corporate broking role here. So uh, first of all, the understanding of the numbers, the financial side of things. Secondly, capital allocation, you know, building the equity story, executing on the equity story. When you're in a company, you're not just saying the story, you actually have to be there to demonstrate the execution of that story. And you're part of the process that selects what are the KPIs for demonstrating the story. You're part of the process for deciding, you know, what are the best or supporting the decision on the management incentives for this, you know, for the execution of this story. So, you know, you have that firsthand experience of putting strategy into action, you know, putting plans into numbers. And so, you know, that's a very strong place to uh, start from. And then when you bring that over here to, from a corporate broking perspective, you bring a deep understanding of clients. You know how boards work. You know, you know how XCOMs work. You know what all the, the, the opportunities and challenges of corporates on the other side. So that's kind of a big plus to have to your skill set. The self-starter, the networking piece is critical because ultimately to service your clients, you need to be able to connect all the dots. You need to fully utilize the huge knowledge potential of a bank to then leverage that for your clients. And yes. so, you know, I've been a client myself and not in in the very recent past, but of this very team where I am. It's a top team and a fantastic team. Hence, I've joined it. Barclays is the number two corporate broker across the FTSE and it's a top tier bank. And the portfolio of clients has basically gone from scratch to around 70 clients. So it's a very fun atmosphere and a really fantastic team to to work with. A lot of value add comes from the investor relations experience through deep understanding of businesses, deep understanding of internal relationships and the types of transactions that a corporate is more or less likely to take on. I don't think a lot of people understand exactly what in-house IR entails until you've done it. And yeah. and 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 it is it's a very multidimensional multidisciplinary role. It's the day-to-day can often be quite mundane like the admin of the role, but it's important and it needs to be done. Right up to the you know the exciting stuff that turns us on and the road shows and being able to travel and that's seen as the fun stuff, but there's a lot of day-to-day. And I think taking that with you into a corporate broking environment, that understanding that you then share with your colleagues, I think is hugely valuable, you know, so that when your client, I should say, is in a tricky situation, that you can lead and guide the corporate broking team and say, look, guys, you need to understand that in an in-house role, these are the challenges that this person might be dealing with. IR people spend a lot of their time trying to get people on board and influence them, I should say, to go down a certain path. I think one of the words that you used is influence. And that is an extremely important word in this, in the role of the IR function. And I think when it comes to the strategy of the group that you're working for, IR done well has a huge ability to influence the strategy of the group. And that could be both in a doing things or not doing things sense in that you are in such a nice position to 
almost have an outside-in perspective as well as an inside-out perspective that you can influence the the strategic course of the group. I mean, I've myself, you know, been on finance leadership teams. I've been on investment committees of the companies, some of the companies that I worked for. And, you know, there are situations where, you know, you can help nudge the business in one direction, as well as you can, if something comes to the table, also give a strong opinion that why this, you know, why this doesn't make sense. And I think, you know, influence is very important. But that influence is sitting on a platform of a very strong relationship building capability. And I think one of the things IR has to do, and you know, here again, your advisors, your corporate brokers have a critical role to play, is to challenge. You don't have to be difficult people. You have to be you know, flexible and humble and listening, but you have to challenge. And, and I think Again, this is where I've really benefited from having great corporate brokers is where you're collectively part of the team to co-create the equity story and to co-create that trust and the right actions for the group. It's a continuous process. In your current role, what did you have to learn that you maybe weren't expecting to learn or What did you have to do differently that came as a bit of a surprise? I think when you say, what did I have to learn? I think, I think, you know, this is my view. One has to be a lifelong learner. You can never stop learning. And all of us have different ways of learning. And the beauty of working in a a bank like Barclays is you're surrounded by rich experience. You're surrounded by knowledge. And it's really about connecting the dots and extracting the benefits of that knowledge for the client that you're servicing so that you can put on turbocharge their equity story and bring them valuable insights day in and out to you know help them progress their story so coming in it's super exciting is the the breadth you know the issues might be similar but you know I'm covering a much wider portfolio of uh, of stocks and uh, it's about having that opportunity to really leverage the strength of the bank UK US more globally and i think it's it's that that massive platform of talent and experience that we can use to support our clients it's about when i say connecting the dots so you know for example you might see uh, some developments on the electric vehicle front and then you can connect those to what is happening on the grid front or the you know security or flexibility of supply front so i think it's that ability to look at the much bigger picture and keep contextualizing for the client i think that's definitely a change and then i guess on a more at a different level, when you're in IR, it's an extremely visible role. It's a small function, but sort of everybody knows you. And, you know, then it's to you to go and introduce yourself and build those relationships. And I think it's that skill of networking across the business, building relationships internally and externally that then really comes in handy when you are in a bank where you're, you know, surrounded by tons of expertise, experience and, and knowledge. So just changing tack a little bit and thinking about our audience, you know, predominantly investor relations professionals, which skills do you think are absolutely crucial to succeed in in investor relations? If, If somebody is embarking on an IR career, thinking about an IR career, or maybe 
early stages. They want to progress. They, they want to work their way up to director level. What are the skills that you feel are absolutely essential? I think that when I've worked in the team, also recruited different members from different backgrounds, there's always two angles to any job, not just investor relations. It's it's what you do and how you do it. And I think in IR, both of those are phenomenally important. The how is in, incredibly important because it's your way of doing things that will determine how much you get to speak and how much you get to listen as well. You know, it's it's how you build those relationships. And I think listening is an incredibly important part of that role. So the how is very important in terms of, you know, we touched on this before, flexibility, humility, open-mindedness, taking things, but also, you know, being helpful and giving back. I mean, that's, you know, to build a relationship, it's, it's, it's always two-way. So all of those skills are very important. But then there's a lot of hard stuff you can do to be successful. And number one is to know and understand the numbers. You have to understand truly how that business runs, what are the operational drivers that make that business or whichever division, for example, you're looking at work. And then how does that translate into commercial outcomes, into profitability, into cash flow, into the whole kind of financial performance? So really being close to the numbers and not being afraid of complexity because there is complexity. When you pick up anything, it might have a lot of multi-layers to it. And so get close to the detail. That's number one in terms of what you do. And I think then it is get out and go and see the business, meet the people. Sitting and looking at medium-term plan and a financial plan on paper is something, but your ability to explain the business, your ability to to present it like when you cut up, you're bleeding that company only comes from knowing the people on the ground, having been to the asset, taken investors there, taken analysts there. That's in the what is is really important is the proximity to the business is, is very key. And I think then it's, a, it's, again, the topic we discussed before. Once you have a solid grounding of knowing and understanding the business, and being on top of what investors are expecting, which only comes from regular dialogue with investors, being an open, transparent, and accessible company, only then you have the ability to really put the two things together and you know have that conversation with the management and say, or the board, or the senior independent, whoever you are engaging with, to really give an informed view and a balanced view which is in the you know in the long term interest of the business and then i think being in a job for a period of time is very important sometimes i get the sense that you know people are very willing to move in 18 months to 2 years in my eyes investor relations is an extremely important function and stability is important and your richness of experience and what you can give back will only come once you've been in a place for a period of time so I think to the people who are earlier on in their career, I'd say stick around. You know, this is a this is a fun function. Don't be in a rush to put a stamp and then move to the next role because then you are maybe not gaining enough and you're certainly probably not giving enough either back to uh, 
patient analysts and patient investors who at that stage of your career probably know your company 10 times or 20 times better than you do. So uh, I think it's only fair to uh, provide the top level service to the clients. I think that's very sound advice. If you think a company's strategy is usually three to five years out, you want to go through that cycle at least once with a company to to see the benefits of your labor. I I was listening to you and, and a word that kept popping into my head is curiosity. We have yes. to be curious, you know, be curious about the business, be curious about your markets that your business operates in, be curious about the numbers, be curious about the people, both internal and the investors and the analysts. So for me, it's that inquiring mind, that curiosity that I see an investor, the good investor relations professionals, you know, they, they're always researching, reading, learning, sharing information. That to me is, is, is certainly, I agree with you, is just find out, be curious. Yeah. How do you stay on top of the information flow? Is there, you cover, I think you said, how many, how many clients do you work with currently? It's, it's more than a Well, the, the team in itself, uh, across the team, we have 70 clients and, you know, I, I support on various different sectors. I think everybody has different learning styles. For me, it's a combination of different things. Meeting people, staying connected with the investors, talking to our sales teams, talking to our sector experts, our geography experts. I think uh, by meeting people... Of course, it has. You also have to, you know, bring something to the table. You can't just always be asking for stuff. I think having a very strong network with whom you can have a genuine exchange, where you can exchange views. I think that's incredibly important source of learning for me. A lot of reading, a lot of time on the, you know, different screens and following and tracking the sector. So tons of reading of you know, very high quality research. So it is a combination of a lot of reading and listening and also listening to clients. I mean, it's amazing how much we share from our side, but we also learn and then, you know, really connecting the dots. So meeting people, reading, listening, I'd say those are the the, the top sources. But but you have to be consistently behind these. You know, it's, it's not a, as they say, it's not a project, it's a program. It's got to happen every single day. And you can only do that if you love what you do. Exactly. I agree. So finally, is there a podcast or a book that you would like to recommend to our listeners? Bearing in mind, we are mostly IR professionals. Is there, I know you get your information from lots of sources, but even if it's not specifically related to what you do every day, is there a book or a podcast? That well, one thing I do listen to every day is the FT's morning news summary. You know, I, I find that quite helpful. You know, it's it's usually in there already for two hours. You know, I think they publish it around five in the morning or something. So, you know, just to kickstart the day, I find that a very, uh, you know, helpful. And at least, you know, you're not going to miss on something really big. Is uh, So that's, that's my daily... Uh, it's like in eight or nine minutes. It's not very long. So that's, that's, the, that's the one thing that I try and do very consistently. Okay, great. Well, Artie, I have loved speaking with you today. And I know you are an incredibly busy individual. So thank you for taking 
time to speak with us and and certainly I got quite a few pearls of wisdom and I'm sure the listeners have too. So thank you for taking the time to share all of that with us and excited to see where where your team goes. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for joining Inquire, the Investor Relations Podcast. Please look out for our next episode in conversation with senior investor relations professionals in the UK.